may be seated. Thank you, church, so much uh, for being here today. If you've never been part of our church before, if you've never worshipped with us before, there's several different ways I could summarize our church, but I, I think maybe on a day like today where we call it Fall Family Fun Fest, that uh, we, we can tell you this. We're a church that doesn't take ourselves very seriously, but we take God very seriously. We're willing to have fun. service and we might throw a t-shirt out there in our open song or something like that but when it comes down to business with the Lord we want to be people who are serious about God and serious about serving him because he's worthy to be served he's worthy of every good thing that we can give him real quickly I want to mention we're part of a ministry called love life that meets in Greensboro it's a pro-life ministry yeah yesterday was our youth day and we had several folks from our church who came out and were part of the youth day. And man, God was present and working in a wonderful way out there yesterday. Hey, if you were part of that yesterday, if you were part of the youth day for Love Life, the youth walk, would you stand for just a second? We want to honor you for being part of that. Let's give it up for our members of our church. And participating in just an awesome, awesome time. And you may be seated. And the month was October. And just outside of Chattanooga, Tennessee, there was a man who was in trouble. We're not talking about a little bit of trouble here. We're talking about the kind of trouble that could end in death. See, this man had been a musician. He had served in the armed forces, came back to the United States, and worked on his craft as a musician. And he had risen up to the very heights of the musical industry. He had sung with Elvis Presley. He had hung out with the Beatles. His songs had topped the charts. His record albums had sold millions of copies. But the man named John R. Cash, better known to the world as Johnny Cash, had a problem. See, Johnny Cash had become a pill popper. He was addicted to drugs. And several times a day, Johnny would take amphetamines and barbiturates, and he would take handfuls at the time to feed his addiction. And although he had risen to musical fame, and although his name was a household name, he had begun missing show after show after show because of his addiction. When he was sober enough to go on stage, the drugs had so dried out his throat that he could not sing the way he used to. And the rumor around Nashville was that Johnny Cash's musical career was done. If that wasn't bad enough, he had basically ruined every good relationship in his life. He had pushed away all of his closest friends. His wife, who had stood with him from the time he was not famous all the way to the present day, had filed for divorce, a divorce that would be granted in late 1967. And so Johnny Cash felt helpless and he felt alone and he felt like there was nothing good, there was nothing worth living for. And so Johnny Cash got in his Jeep and he drove to the mouth of a place called Nickajack Cave. Nickajack Cave was a place where Johnny had been before with some friends and in Nickajack Cave there were native artifacts that he had looked for. But Nickajack Cave is a series of caverns that runs or at that time ran all the way from Tennessee to Alabama. And one of the things
things about Nick and Jack Cade was it was so dark and it was so deep and there were so many different twists and turns to this series of caverns that many men had gone in, they had lost their way in the dark and they had never been heard from again. And Johnny Cash was in such a low place in his life that he longed to join their number. He wanted to go into that cave and never be heard from again. So he parked his Jeep outside of the cave and he entered in and he walked past the bats that inhabited the, the opening of the cave and he continued to walk deeper and deeper until eventually he got to a point where he couldn't walk anymore and he had to get on his hands and knees and crawl. And he went deeper and deeper into the dark, deeper and deeper into that cavernous space until finally his body and his flashlight gave out. And there exhausted, Johnny Cash lay down in Nick and Jack Cave, literally in the middle of the earth, and he lay down to die. He would later write that the darkness that surrounded him, the utter, total darkness, no light whatsoever, was appropriate because he said at that point in his life, he felt as far from God as he had ever felt. This morning we start a new series. The series that we're starting is called Greater Than. It's going to come out of Ephesians chapter 5, the very first part of that chapter. And the title of my sermon that I want to bring to you today is Jesus is greater than anything you're going through. Jesus is greater than anything you're going through. When we talk about Johnny Cash's experience, when we talk about that story, there's not a person in this room today, there's not a person watching online who does not relate to that story in some sense. Because it is part of the human condition that oftentimes we feel lost, oftentimes we feel alone, oftentimes we feel helpless in the dark. It's part of who we are, it's part of where we are in this world. A big part of that, God did not intend it to be this way. God did not intend it that we would feel lost and alone and helpless in the dark. God created a good world. In the very beginning in Genesis, it tells the story of creation. And every time God creates, he says that the world is good. And then when he creates man, he pronounces that now the world is very good. But mankind entered into sin and moved away from God. And because of that, we live in a broken world. You wonder why there's pain. You wonder why there's hurt. You wonder why there's sorrow. You wonder why a good God would allow some of the things that go on and happen in this world. It's because the world was originally good, but we broke it with our sin. And so we all have, have an understanding of the way Johnny Cash fell. We all have an understanding of that story. We feel lost. We can feel alone. And we can feel sometimes helpless in the dark. I want to take each one just, just one part at a time because here's the good news today. Jesus came to solve all those problems. Amen. Jesus came to solve every one of those problems. Let's start with when we feel lost. It's very easy as human beings that oftentimes we feel like we do not have direction. We don't know where to go. We don't know where to turn. I don't know if you've ever been there in your life, but I've been there where it seems like every decision you make is the wrong one. Every turn you take leads you deeper and deeper and further away from where you want to be. It's very tough when we feel lost. I don't know if you ever experienced it when you were a kid. I did it maybe a couple of times 
where you get separated from your parents and you were in a strange place and, and you were literally lost and the panic set in. And you thought, how am I going to get back? What's going to happen to me? And that directionless, directionlessness can overcome us very easily. We can feel lost. We can feel helpless sometimes. The good thing about Jesus Christ is the Bible tells us in the book of Luke, and Luke was Paul's personal physician, the apostle Paul. Luke was probably the one that worked with him and helped his help and also went with him on missionary journeys. But Luke wrote this about Jesus. He said that Jesus came to seek and save those who were lost. Aren't you glad that's why he came? Aren't you glad that's why Jesus came to this We're in fall now and we're moving toward the Christmas season and we're going to celebrate the coming of Jesus to earth. And that's why he came. He came to seek and save those who are lost. And so this morning I just came by here to tell you this fact. And it's a fact. It's not an opinion. It's a fact. It's reality. Jesus, when you feel lost, when you feel like you have no direction, when you feel like every turn is the wrong turn, if you will let him, if you will call out to him, if you will surrender to him, Jesus will find you and he will become your direction. Jesus will find you and he will become your direction. We sang the song this morning. I had a friend last night at, at Love Life. We had sung the same song yesterday, Reckless Love. And she said, I, she was talking to us last night. It's actually my wife's niece. And she said, I love that song. She said, but I just can't wrap my mind around God being reckless, God having a reckless love. And she said, I'm just not sure I get that lyric. And I said, well, here's the way I look at it. If you had a hundred sheep, if a shepherd had a hundred sheep, and the shepherd was willing to leave 99 who were saved to go find one that was lost, that's not a very good business decision. If you've got 99% of your stock saved, if you've got 99% of your business okay, you probably don't go out and risk your life and risk your limb to find the one that's lost, but Jesus did. Jesus is the good shepherd and he lays his life down for the sheep and Jesus is the one who's willing to leave the 99 and go find that one single sheep that's lost. Praise God that's who he is. Praise God that's who he is. decision, Jesus Christ will find you. He will come and he will seek you out and he will rescue you. But I want you to notice something I said there. I didn't say that Jesus will come find you and give you a direction. That's not what I said. I said Jesus will come find you and he will become your direction. You see, other religions teach paths to righteousness, paths to heaven, paths to paradise. If you were to follow the Buddha follow the Buddhist way, you would find that there is a noble, eightfold path that they follow. And if you follow that correctly, they say it will end up in enlightenment. And you will become an enlightened person. You will become a Buddha in a sense if you follow that noble, eightfold path. And that's what that religion teaches. If you follow Islam, the Islamic faith believes there's an angel on one shoulder and an angel on the other, and they're counting your good and bad deeds. And when you die, if your good deeds outweigh your bad deeds, then you will find paradise. If you were to become a Hindu, they would teach you that the goal of life is to do a little better in this life than you did in the past life. 
In a past life, maybe you were a snail, or maybe you were a frog, or maybe you were a dog, or, or, or a cat, or whatever. But in this life, if you will do a little bit better, then you will advance up the ladder, and eventually you will get to the place where you're almost like a god. And so that's what that faith and that religion teaches. They're all about paths, they're all about ways, they're all about rules. Christianity is different. In Christianity, Jesus teaches that he is the path. The night that Jesus was arrested, the night before he was to be crucified, he shared the Last Supper with his disciples. And he was teaching them that he was going to the Father's house to prepare a place for them. And Thomas, if you remember Thomas, he was a disciple that struggled with doubting. And Thomas came to him and said, Lord, how, do, how can we go where you're going? We don't know the way to where you're going. Jesus turned and looked back at Thomas in John chapter 14 and verse 6. And he said, Thomas, I want you to know this. I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. He doesn't, Jesus doesn't just show us the way. Jesus is the way. and He walks the way with us. He becomes our way into the kingdom of God. All other religions have a religious philosophy. We have a person. And that person is Jesus Christ, who claimed to be God in the flesh. So he will come and he will find you when you're lost. And he will become your way. Oftentimes in our lives, we will feel alone when we're walking through life. Loneliness is, is, I believe, part of the human condition. I believe we all experience it from time to time. Loneliness is so troubling. Loneliness is so, so oppressive. And the thing about loneliness is you can be sitting in this congregation today of two, three, four hundred people, whatever in here today. You can be sitting right here and yet you can still feel alone. You can be surrounded by people, and you can feel like you're all by yourself. Have you ever been to a place in your life where you felt like nobody understood? Nobody got what you were going through. Nobody understands how you're wired up or your personality, and nobody gets you. Nobody's there for you. Have you ever been to the place in your life where you felt like nobody was loyal to you? The Bible tells us in the book of Proverbs that there's a friend who sticks closer than a brother. Now, for me, that's tough for me to get that verse because I'm an only child. I have no brothers or sisters. When I taught school, I would tell my students, I would say, you know, guys, I've never gotten a fight with any of my brothers or sisters. And they would say, they called me Mr. T. They'd say, Mr. T, you're lying. And I'd say, no, I'm not lying. I didn't have any brothers or sisters to get in a fight with. I think that's the only way that it can happen. Don't have brothers or sisters, and so that's hard for me to get. But I have had friends over my life. And you know what's amazing about friends? Maybe yours have not been this way, but I have had friends who have come and gone. They've been part of my life for a season, and then maybe they moved away, and it's not that we had animosity against each other. It's just that they moved away, or our context of life changed, and so they're gone. But even more sad than that, sometimes I've had friends who stopped being my friend, and for one reason or another, something separated our friendship and they went from liking me and being my friend to not liking me at all and almost being an enemy. And that's really tragic when that sort of thing happens. I don't know if this is Country Music Day at Rushwood or what, but uh, back in the day there was a lady named Kathy Matea. And she was more of almost a, a poet and songwriter than just a musician. But one of her songs said this, Friends that I could count on, I could count on one hand with a leftover finger or two. I took them for granted, I watched them all slip away, and now where they are, I wish I knew. Sometimes friends can be like that. Sometimes friends are here today, 
gone tomorrow. But the Bible teaches there's a friend that sticks closer than a brother. And when Proverbs teaches that, it's talking about Jesus Christ. Jesus said, I will never leave you or forsake you. Jesus said, I will walk the path with you. He told his disciples, in fact, if you will follow me, if you will be found in me, lo, I'll be with you always, even to the end of the age, even to the end of this world, I will be there with you. I will stay by your side, even through the valley of the shadow of death. I did two funerals this week. Over the last three days, I've done two funerals, and both of the gentlemen that passed uh, testified that they were Christians and they knew Jesus Christ. And even at the end of their lives, even as they were passing from this world, I believe that they were able to have comfort and they were able to have peace because even in the valley of the shadow of death, Jesus was there with them. Jesus will not leave us alone. If you're lonely today, even if you're in a crowd and you, feel, and you still feel lonely, I want you to understand that Jesus understands you. And he will come alongside of you and he will walk with you and he will be there for you. He will never leave you or forsake you. He will stick closer than a brother. When I was eight years old, across the way in what is now our worship center too, at that time it was our main worship center. At eight years old, the pastor that was the pastor of this church was not here one Sunday night, and he had a gentleman come and fill in and speak. And that gentleman talked about Jesus Christ and thought about how he was coming soon. And that was true in 1988 when I got saved, and it's true now. Jesus is soon coming. He is soon returning. But it, it pricked my heart. It let me know that I was a sinner. It let me, let me know that I needed Jesus Christ. And at eight years old, I decided I would follow him. Now, if I told you I followed him perfectly and I've always been a good soldier and I've always been a good disciple, I would be lying to you. There are times I've let him down. There have been times when I've moved closer to him and times when I've moved further away. But I can tell you this. Since I was eight years old, Jesus has never left me and he's never forsaken me. Not one single time. When we have trouble in this church, and by the way, you say, oh, there's trouble in this church, there's trouble in every church. You know why? People attend churches, and that's why there's trouble in churches. But when we have trouble in this church, Jesus is here. If my marriage is struggling, and we have a good marriage, but I shared a couple of weeks ago when my marriage hit some rough spots and we had to reevaluate things, Jesus was in the middle of that. When I got news from the doctor that my health was not good and that I had a problem going on and and, and thing was really scary. Hearing that word cancer is always something that's really scary. Jesus was there with me and he walked with me all the way back to hell. Jesus has never left me one single time. And I promise you today, if you will follow him, he'll never leave you either. He will always be with you. He'll walk with you no matter what you go through. He's a friend that sticks closer than a brother. You'll never regret following him. You'll never regret making that decision. Sometimes we feel helpless in the dark. You know, we live in a dark universe. There's just a very few, few things out there. Most of this universe is dark. Most of this universe doesn't give off any light. There's just a few things out there. There are nebula and there are stars and pulsars and things like that that give off some sort of light. But, but out in the universe, most of it is dark. And then when we have a 24-hour day, which is what we have, about half of that is light and about half of that is dark. And so there's a constant reminder every night that we live in a dark universe, a universe that does not have, that is not mostly made up of light. It's mostly made up of dark. And sometimes, and that's physical light, 
but sometimes spiritually speaking, we can feel like we're in the dark. Spiritually speaking, we can feel like there's nothing there. Sometimes, and even the great men and women of God have talked about, sometimes God seems silent. It seems like the heavens are not open to us and there's no one there, there's nobody that cares for us. And so we can feel lost in the dark sometimes in our lives. The good news that I wanted to give you today is this. Jesus came to be the light of the world. Jesus is the light of the world. And he said if we would abide in him, if we would live in him, we would not walk in darkness. That's a promise from God himself. We will not walk in darkness if we walk with Jesus Christ. He is our light. He illuminates all things. You say, well, Brent, there's an awful lot of people out there today that don't believe that Jesus was God. They don't believe this old book. They say it's myths and they say it's fairy tales and they don't believe any part of it. But it's very interesting that when they date things, they still date things according to when he was born. There's still a before Christ and an A.D., which actually stands for Anno Domini in the year of our Lord. They still separate everything by the time of his birth. In fact, this world culture, everything changed when Jesus came into this world. The people who were around him said, look, never has a man talked like this before. Never has a man spoken like Jesus speaks. He speaks as one with authority. He speaks as one who knows and what Jesus taught in this world changed this world forever. There's a poem we used to recite around Christmas called One Solitary Life. I wish I could recite it to you now, but I don't have it memorized. But basically it says, nothing that's ever happened, nobody who's ever lived, no parliament that's ever sat, no king that has ever reigned has affected the course of mankind like that one solitary life in Jesus Christ. He is the light of the world. He is the light, and if we'll walk with him, we'll never walk in darkness. We'll never walk alone. Here's what's great about Jesus. Jesus is the light of the world, but he looked at his disciples one day, and, and he proclaimed over them, you are the light of the world. See, Jesus is willing to take his light, and he's willing to put it into your life. Jesus will do that for you. If you know anything about astronomy at all, you know that the moon has no luminosity of its own. The moon cannot make light. All that the moon can do is reflect the sun that's nearby. That's how we are. We're born in darkness. We're born with nothing of our own, no good of our own. But when we come near to the Son of God, we reflect His light. He'll put His light in us. He'll make you a light to the nations. He'll make you a light to, uh, to the people in your household. He'll make you a light to those who work around you on the job every week. He'll make you a light in this church. Jesus is so good. He's so good, he'll put his light in you. Praise God for that. Praise God for how good he is. So Jesus came to solve our problems. When we feel lost, when we feel alone, when we feel helpless in the dark, Jesus Christ is there. And he's the answer to all those problems and a million more. He's the Savior of the world. He's the Savior of the world. He is the Messiah. He's the one that was promised. He is the hope of the nations. Nothing greater than Jesus. Jesus is greater than anything you're going through. He's greater than anything you've been through. He's greater than anything you're going through now. He's greater than anything you will go through. That's who Jesus Christ is. Give God some glory.
most of you probably realize he did not die in that cave. Down in the middle of the earth in utter darkness, away from everybody and everything, feeling alone and, and, and separated from God, Johnny Cash laid down to die. But he said in the midst of that cave, in the midst of total darkness, he discovered something. God was there with him. God was there with him. He said, I thought that I had left him, but I discovered he had not left me. And in the midst of that cave, Johnny Cash said, a spirit came over him, a good spirit, a holy spirit. And he said, for the first time in years, he felt peace come over him. For the first time in years, he felt sobriety come over him. He was sober again for the first time. For the first time in years, he felt a sense of calm come over him. And for the first time in a long while, he wanted to live. But he still had a problem. He was in the dark. Flashlight dead. Nobody knew, or at least he thought nobody knew, that he was there. And he did not know what direction was out of the cave and what direction was further underground. So he prayed and he asked God, show me the direction to go, God. Show me how to get out of here. And so he said at first, he just started crawling in the direction that seemed best to him. And he said he had to feel around on the ground because there were underground ravines and caverns and places that could have taken his life. And so he felt around and just slowly started to make his way in the direction that felt right. And he said then something amazing happened, maybe something even miraculous underground he started to feel a breeze if you don't know anything about god's word wind and breeze that's a symbol of the holy spirit in fact the, the word pneuma that can sometimes be translated wind it can sometimes be translated spirit but he started to begin to feel a breeze and he started to follow that breeze on his hands and knees very slowly painstakingly and he followed that breeze for a while and then he said something else happened he started to see light and as he saw that light, he decided he would, of course, follow that further and further and slowly on his hands and his knees until eventually he got to a place where he could stand up. And he walked out of the mouth of Nick Jack Cave. When he came out into the light, he was amazed to see that his mama was waiting on him. I imagine there's a lot of mamas waiting on a lot of people today to come up out of the darkness. His mom was waiting on him, and he said his friend, June Carter, who would later become his second wife, was there as well. And they had food, and they had water, and he said, how did y'all find me? And they said, we were troubled in our spirit, and we came together to pray. And as we prayed, God led us to this place and told us through his spirit to bring some food and to bring some water. And God actually prepared the way as he came out of that cave. Until the day that he died, 36 years later, Johnny Cash always said that God, that Jesus, had come alongside him in the middle of that cave and had saved both his life and his soul. And Johnny Cash would go on, his musical career was restored. In fact, he played music all the way until he was in his 70s. And Johnny Cash teamed up with a man named Billy Graham and did evangelistic efforts all over the world with Billy Graham. And Johnny Cash confessed he was never a perfect Christian. He said that sometimes if he, if he, was, if he was to be given a grade, he would get a grade between an A and a D as far as Christianity goes.
But he said that Jesus saved him and Jesus never left him. And when Johnny Cash left this world, he left him by natural causes, knowing Jesus Christ. And I believe he stepped out of this world and he stepped into eternity. In the midst of maybe the darkest place he could possibly have been, Jesus Christ was there. God had not left him. God had not forsaken him. He was there. I don't know what you're going through today. I don't know what darkness you feel. I don't know how far you feel from God. But I'm here to promise you today that Jesus Christ will meet you where you are. He loves you that much. He's the one that will leave the 99 to find the one. He's the one that will find the lost coin. He's the father that will receive back the son who was lost. That's his spirit. That's who he is. In Revelation chapter 3 and verse 20, Jesus says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anybody would hear my voice and will open the door, then I will come in. And I will eat with them. And they will eat with me. That's who Jesus is. Jesus is greater than anything you're going through today. Bow your heads and let's pray together. Heavenly Father, I pray, Lord, that through your Holy Spirit, you're working on somebody's heart here today. And Lord, in a crowd this size, I can almost guarantee you that there's somebody who feels lost. And there's somebody who feels lonely and alone. And there's somebody that feels helpless in the dark. And God, I pray that they would not just hear my words. If they just heard my words, that wasn't good enough. God, I pray that through your Holy Spirit, you would reveal to them that what I said is true. That Jesus is the light of the world. That he is the good shepherd. That he's the rescuer who will find us no matter where we are. The psalmist wrote that even if we made our bed in hell, still there your spirit would be God. Your Holy Spirit, your Holy Spirit that reveals Jesus and reveals who he is. So God, I pray you would work on hearts this morning. I know that you are God. I pray that today would be the day that somebody finds Jesus as their Lord and Savior. Lord, it's a fun day that we have we decided to have at this church to invite people in and to bless this community. And Lord, I pray that we have fun today and we have good fellowship. But Lord, if that's all that's accomplished here today, it's really nothing in the end. Father, I pray somebody would come home today. I pray that somebody would come to the table. They would hear Jesus knocking at the door of their heart and they would open the door of their heart and they would invite him in. And Lord, we know your promise. We know the promise of Jesus that he will fellowship with them. He will dine with them. He will eat with them and invite them to eat with him. Thank you for speaking to us today, God. Continue to speak.
changed, but the Lord brought me out. And he never left me, never forsook me. Even when I felt like he had, he did not. He was there with me the whole time. But if that's you today, if you have any sort of struggle, any sort of struggle, maybe it's financial, maybe it's physical, I don't know what it might be. I don't know what it might be. But I just invite you, if that's you and you want to come, we've got a table set up here to illustrate kind of what's going on in this song. But there's a table that God is inviting you to. And Jesus says, if you'll come to me, I'll sit down with you, I'll dine with you, I'll fellowship with you. I'll let you know I'm there. I'll let you know that it's going to be okay. If that's you and you're having a struggle this morning and we've got people who are ready to pray for you, pray with you, pray over you, if that's you as, as this worship team continues to sing this song, we're going to invite you to come and stand right here, right down front. We're not going to embarrass you in any way. We're not going to make you do anything crazy. We're just going to, we want to pray over you. And we want you to know that Jesus is here. Look, I believe Jesus is here in this room just as much as I'm here in this room. In fact, maybe more so because the reason I'm here is because he's here. And hopefully that's the reason you're here as well. Come meet with him. Come talk with him. Come let him do something for you that no human being can possibly do except for the one that was God in the flesh, Jesus Christ. Come to the table. The table's open. You're invited to come.
anybody else that needs to come, it's not too late. And yes, you can pray right where you are. I know that. I get that. But there's something when we move. It's a sign of faith. It's a sign that we're in need. It's a sign that we, we're doing our part along with God. Yes, it's all His work, but He gives us the strength to participate in it. So it's not too late. If you need to come, you're welcome to come and join with us as we conclude today. We all go through stuff, guys. We all go through stuff. We all have our own cross to bear in a sense. We all have our own sins that beset us. We have our fears. We have our anxieties. We have our hopes, our dreams. There's nothing that's come against us that's not common to man. But if we'll confess our sins, Jesus Christ is faithful to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And he'll walk with us all the way to the end of our life, all the way to the end of the age. Bow with me. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we pray this morning for these who have come and have confessed that they are in need. God, as people, we're oftentimes proud and we don't like to confess that we have a need. We, we like to think we can do it on our own. So, God, I'm so thankful for those who have come and said, you know what? I can't do it on my own anymore. I need Jesus in my life. I need him to come and rescue me. I need him to come and be my direction. And so, God, we pray right now that you would be their direction, that you would move in and you would take residence in their heart through the Holy Spirit. That today, September 30th, 2018, would be a day that they would never forget. It would be the day that they decided to follow Jesus. Not just play church, not just test the water, but go fully in with Jesus. Let him be the Lord of their life. God, we're thankful that Jesus is our Savior, but we're also thankful that he's our Lord. And he calls us to follow him and to follow hard after him and to become more like him day by day. God, be with these who are praying, Lord. We don't long just for a cathartic moment where people feel better because they came and they cried and they prayed some. Lord, that's not what we're looking for today. We're looking for deep commitments to you. We're looking for people who are sold out for you. God, fill us with your spirit. Walk with us. Change us and make us more like Jesus. Father, thank you for being faithful. Thank you for meeting with us today. Thank you, God, that you never leave us lonely. You never leave us alone. But, God, you come to us and you minister to us. And you indwell us through your spirit. God, we love you. We praise you today. Thank you above all for Jesus and all he means to us. Everything that we pray today, everything that we've done, everything that we will do is in his precious name. And all of Rushwood said together, Amen. We're going to dismiss you, and if folks need to keep praying, that's just fine. We'll just bind the Holy Spirit. They're going to be set up across the way for you to join us for a meal. I hope that you will be part of that. We have our giving boxes at the back. Please remember that on the way out. Thank you so much for being here today. Hope that you'll fellowship with us and enjoy a good time together. God bless you all. I love you, and there's nothing you can do about it. Have a great week. We'll see you Wednesday night.